Welcome back to the Getting Grit Podcast. I am Brad Pohl, your host, and this is where we tell the stories of sinners and saints. Mother Teresa responded, so you want to be holy. Well, then take whatever he gives and give whatever he takes with a big smile. You know, when you get right down to it, that's a pretty scary thought. As time goes by, stories are told that become legends. So it is with the famous ride of John Portuguese Phillips from Fort Phil County to Fort Laramie after the Fetterman Massacre in 1866. Phillips was born Manuel Felipe Cardosa in 1832 in the Azaros. He came to the United States to pan for gold and followed the gold strikes into Montana in 1865. Since he was born in Portugal, he was nicknamed Portuguese. Early in 1866, he joined a party that was coming to the Bighorn Mountains to prospect for gold. His group arrived at Fort Phil Kearney in September, and as winter neared, he was at the fort during the famous Fetterman Massacre on December 21st of that year, where 1,500 to 2,000 Ogallala, Lakota, Northern Cheyenne, and Arapaho warriors annihilated a detachment that included 79 infantry, cavalry soldiers, and two independent contractors, and Captain William Judd Fetterman. The fort commander, Colonel Henry Carrington, felt his fortress on the Piney Creek might fall into the hands of Red Cloud's warriors who were attacking up and down the Bozeman Trail. So he asked for volunteers to ride that night to Fort Laramie. It would be far from a joyful adventure. By nightfall, a blizzard with freezing temperatures had reared up to stymie anyone riding to bring back help. So did John Portuguese Phillips volunteer for the ride with a smile? History doesn't tell us. It only tells us that he was clad in a buffalo coat, heavy hat, boots, gauntlets, and armed with a Spencer rifle, pistols, and ammunition as he rode out. He arrived on Christmas Day at Fort Laramie, where a Christmas celebration was in full swing, cold and exhausted. He delivered the dispatches to the commander, Colonel Ennis Palmer. In that brief moment, the man named Portuguese may have been the most joyful man in that well-heated room. He had ridden the best horse available from Fort Phil Kearney to his destination. Some say it was a black thoroughbred. Others say it could have been a Mustang. But the faithful horse that carried him 236 miles through minus 20-degree temperatures, high winds, blowing snow, and deep drifts, died a few hours later. It took 16 days for reinforcements from Fort Laramie to push their way through the deep snow and ice to Fort Phil Kearney. Nevertheless, help did arrive before any further attacks were made on the fort. So how does someone risk their life for others with a smile? List verse shares a story written by Heather. Todd and Shelley were blessed with a smiling baby boy, Nash. Their lives were filled with such joy they had waited long for a baby. Shelley dropped off her precious five-month-old son at the babysitter's while she went to work. Todd and Shelley received phone calls at work that day telling him that Nash had stopped breathing in his sleep. As a mother at the hospital, you just want to hold him and rock him and tell him it's going to be okay, said Shelley. It was the hardest day of my life. Later, the death certificate delivered another crushing blow. The cause of death was positional asphyxia. As Shelley said, my worst nightmare confirmed. He suffered. It was preventable. I dropped him off. I smiled at him and he smiled back. And I walked away not knowing that this decision would change my life forever. 
not wanting their son's legacy to be one of tragedy because Nash was the baby with a gigantic smile who spread joy to everyone who knew him. Family members decided to honor him by doing random acts of kindness in his name. With each act of kindness, they would hand out a card with Nash's picture and the words, Have a Nash Day. Soon people all over the U.S. were participating in Have a Nash Day. Then it went international. So you say, how can this story be about joy? Well, a grieving mother and father finding hope and promise from the impact their child had on the world? How can this not be such a story of great joy? Sorrow and suffering do not make the soil of joy unfertile. Anyone and everyone wants happiness and pleasure, but our desire for joy is something way more contagious to those around us than our desires for happiness and pleasure. There's a longingness when it comes to waiting for joy. There's an anxiousness when it comes to waiting for happiness and pleasure. When someone prepares, I mean diligently prepares so that they know all the outcomes imaginable, and then the unimaginable happens, and you are cut to the core. Then you've become like the apostles, trying to figure out who this Jesus really was, because he is way more than what you originally thought. He walks on water with you in storms that seem impossible to traverse and tenderly holds your heart together when it's been shattered by life's unimaginable cruelty. The great stories are those of endurance. The Psalms tell of the people longing for their Redeemer, and they waited. But just because we ride into the storm bravely seeking help, we still quite often suffer before we find joy again. But today, the pursuit of happiness and pleasure that we expect immediately have come to steal our joy. When our hearts are delighted, the words thank you could not come more easily. But when life's funerals outnumber life's Christmas celebrations, when we suffer injustice or any of the human failings, our first reaction is rarely one of gratitude. The Apostle Paul schools us Rejoice always, pray constantly, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Mind you, this man endured beatings, whippings, stonings, imprisonments, and shipwrecks, and he tells us that we should rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces in us endurance, character, and hope, the eternal springs of joy. We could grieve at the myriad of so many wounds we face, no small number of which are self-inflicted. Yet God in his infinite mercy sees fit to take even our iniquities and work them to our good. And through them, we sometimes discover the rarest of human attributes, gratitude. G.K. Chesterton said of gratitude, I would maintain that gratitude is joy doubled by wonder. The perpetually grateful are the most joyous people in the room no matter their aches and pains and earthly heart sickness, because they are living in the presence of God. Ain't it so? This is Gittin' Grit signing off. Blessings to you all. Dominus Vobiscum.